Welcome to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. Pastor Dave continues his study with our friend David in a sermon titled, Fallen But Not Forsaken. Afterwards, check out our website at HoughtonBaptist.org. A lot of information there about the church, including the Loving Banquet that will be coming up in April. If you need more information on that, contact Pastor Dave through our website or at the church. And if it's been a long time since you've been to church, or you're just kind of looking for a church, come and check out Houghton Baptist. Come as you are. We do. We'd love to have you. Enjoy the podcast, and have a great day. Proud of these guys. Proud of these guys. Let's, uh, do I have any time left? I don't know. Should we just call it a day and go home and eat? No, you guys came here to get some food, didn't you? Came here to get some food. We've already been blessed, have we not? With the worship and look at this full room. God has just, just blessed us abundantly and be able to do a baptism. And man, God is gracious. Let's pray and ask that he would speak to us. Father God, Lord, I pray that as a church, that we would continue to support uh, students and love on them and encourage them in the faith. And Lord, just the fact that Nathan would uh, choose here to be baptized is, is an honor for me and an honor for our church. And Lord, we pray your greatest blessing over him. And, and uh, just as he, he pursues you and as these two guys are, are leading the charge at Michigan Tech, God, I pray that other students would just continue to draw in. And Lord, I pray that for, for those of us that are in the faith, that we're out of college and, and we have our families and there's businesses and things like that, God, that you would put that fire in our hearts to, to live for you and, and to, to make changes and, and to see the gospel just furthered in your namesake grown, God. We love you. We praise you. Lord, I pray that you would speak mightily through me. Lord, as all of us have baggage and burdens and hurts and we come in here to this place and we're worshiping you, Lord, I pray, God, that you would just reveal who we are. God, that your Holy Spirit would just cut through and penetrate each of us and Lord, that we would be open to receive what you have for us. You are a great God. You're in control. You're moving. You're leading. And you're loving. We ask that you would empower and speak through me. That I just be a vessel. It's in your name we pray. Amen. What a service so far, right? Well, I'm going to start out with a story. A few weeks ago, we had more water in our basement, this is like an ongoing thing at my place. We're super excited about that. Uh, it, but it's more like a crawl space slash dungeon area than a basement. Uh, but we have to physically drop a pump down into the hole and run a hose out of the basement. Well, if the hose is left outside, it freezes. Love the weather up here, right? That's why I'm going to Florida in March. So we have to pull the hose in after it's done pumping every single time. Praise God. Well, Jillian kept telling me, we need to get the hose in. We need to get the hose in. David, we, we need to get the hose in. This sounds like a wife, doesn't she? Amen? Her fear was that the plow would come by and hit it. Well, I kept putting it off. Guys, you know what I'm talking about, right? Our wives ask us to do things, and we do what? We put it off. Not the smart ones, though. Not the smart ones. The next morning, I was sitting in the living room, and I heard the plow, and something told me, you better listen to your wife. I yelled, the plow is coming. 
So we, we ran to the crawl space as fast as we could, lifted up the hatch, reached down, and as I was pulling the hose up out of the hole with the pump in my hand, the hose ripped from the pump. <laughs> it's funny, right? Uh, n- not for me. Almost pulling me down into this dungeon-like area. She was right. She was right. Men... She was right. The plow drove by and snagged the hose and almost brought me down into the hole. It happened so fast. I I couldn't believe it. We both just stood there in shock. And Jillian was so gracious with the I told you so. She just had this smirk on her face. (laughs) I said, I know. I know. As I was standing here with this pump, you know, I didn't listen. I didn't listen. I didn't listen. I thought it would be fine. In in fact, if I can be honest, I didn't buy into her theory as well. So many things could have went wrong. What if I hadn't unplugged it? What if the hose didn't break from the pump? What if the plow had pulled me down into the crawl space because I was holding on too tight? Today's sermon title is called Fallen but not forsaken. Fallen, but not forsaken. In in today's installment, we're going to witness the fall of a king. Now we've seen David rise to, to great power. We've seen him do the right things. We've seen him victorious in almost every area of his life until today. Today, we get a glimpse of the mistakes David made. A glimpse of reality, don't we? My, my goal for us as we go through this text is that we learn. Friends, we have to learn from David's mistakes, David's sin, and David's fall. Because the truth is, some of us, maybe all of us, are caught up in things that, that we shouldn't be. And it's only a matter of time. You listening? It's only a matter of time before that sin that area of sin that we hide and we neglect and we put off, that that sin will pull us in further. Maybe this morning you're, you're holding on too tight. Maybe you put off what God has asked you to deal with time and time again. Maybe God's trying to get your attention this morning. Maybe that's why you're here. To get your attention. Will, will you listen? Will you listen, though? Let's look at the text. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 1 through 5. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 1 through 5. The story of David and Bathsheba. A little bit of the spirit back there, amen? I wish we all had that kind of zeal and energy, right? It's all right. We love babies in here. It's fine. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 1 through 5. You can turn in your Bibles, or you can follow along on the overhead. The story of David and Bathsheba. You ready? Three of you ready? You ready? All right, there we go. It says this, In the spring, when kings march out to war, David sent Joab with his officers in all Israel. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David... Think about this. David remained in Jerusalem. 
One evening, David got up from his bed and he strolled around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The Bible says a very beautiful woman. So David sent someone to inquire about her, and he reported, This is Bathsheba, daughter of Elam, and wife of Uriah the Hittite. David sent messengers to go get her, and when she came to him, the Bible says that he slept with her. Now she had just been purifying herself from her uncleanness, and afterwards she returned home. And verse 5 says, As the woman conceived and sent word to inform David, I am pregnant. I am pregnant. Reality check, right? I am pregnant. Notice it says, In the spring when kings march out to war, David remained behind. What's wrong with this picture? Wasn't David now a king? And if so, why wasn't he marching out to war, out to battle? Have you ever been in the wrong place at the wrong time? Like one hand? You can raise your hand in church. It's, it's all right. I'll give you permission. Wrong place, wrong time, right? From day one, David wasn't where he was supposed to be. That's a problem. That's a big problem. Everybody say, that's a problem. David was supposed to be marching out to war along with other kings and leaders. And think about it. David's greatest success came on the battlefield against Goliath and other great warriors. Not at home. Not at home. And instead of doing what he was supposed to be doing as king, what he was trained to do, what he was called to do, which was lead Israel, he stayed behind. He, he made a choice. A poor choice. Today, some of us have to make a choice, don't we? Consistency, hear me out on this, consistency will not only get you to your destination, which we covered last week, right? But it will keep you from making these types of mistakes. Our place and position, they matter. Our choices and decisions matter. Everybody say, they matter. matter. Say it again, they matter. They matter. They matter. Think about the chapters that we have covered through this series over the last two months. Forty years worth of of David's life, he's been obedient. Has he not? He's been a man of great integrity. A man of valor. That's the kind of man I want to be. Amen? He's been a man of valor. He's, He's been a man after God's own heart. The greatest title ever given to a man other than Jesus Christ. A man people praised and sang about. And all of the sudden, all of the sudden, David's in the wrong place at the wrong time about to do the wrong thing. Doesn't make much sense, does it? But we've been there, haven't we? Say, we've, we've been there, haven't we? Maybe this morning that's where, where you're at, about to do something not honoring to Christ. 
Take note to what happens to your life when you, when you break routine. And not just your everyday routine, your, your coffee. Is coffee a part of your everyday routine, right? Maybe the news, sports. My wife loves it when I put on the sports channel in the morning. That's my routine. But I'm talking about your faith routine. Do you have a faith routine? Your prayer life starts to slip, doesn't it? Your Bible reading becomes less and less important. Maybe your church attendance decreases. These things matter. They matter. Don't tell me that they don't because they do. We, we tell ourselves that they don't. Like it's not a, a big deal. It's okay if I miss or I don't need to read God's Word. I don't need to pray and communicate with the God who gives me the breath that I breathe. Like, it's okay. We tell ourselves these things, don't we? And yet we fall further and further, right? And further away from God when we're not in His Word, when we're not speaking to the Father, when we're not communicating and gathering together for His glory. Consistency, hear me out, church, in our faith matters. It just does. It just does. And when we get away from what keeps us close to the cross, the church, and our relationship to Jesus Christ, we make some pretty bad choices, don't we? As Caden would say, those are dumb choices. That was a dumb thing to do. We can identify with that. We can't get away from what keeps us close to Jesus and gives us kingdom success. David had no business being at home. He didn't. And yet he was. He should have been out, been out on the fight, leading his men, right? Doing the very thing that brought him the most kingdom success. Let me just say this. Some of us are caught up in things that are destroying us. You can say, I, I don't know, Pastor you know your life. You know your situation. You know your battles. You, you know your struggles, right? Those temptations, those things that are destroying you, that are, that are eating away at your soul. And you're trying to cling on to your faith, trying to move forward. And yet you have these things, things that are keeping us away from what God has for us. We, we want God's best, do we not? Do you want God's best? If you didn't say yes, you, you, you just fall short right there, right? You want God's best, don't you? And yet we're caught up in things that are just eating away at us. We want God's best. We have to make a change. We, ha- we have to make a change. We have to make different choices, different decisions. Sometimes you have to walk away from certain things or certain people. Maybe a lifestyle, right? I remember one night years ago, I was out in one of the local bars having a few drinks and listening to music. I couldn't even tell you the name of the bar. When all of a sudden, all of my friends around us and drinks and having a good time, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I felt so out of place. Like I didn't belong there. Have you ever felt like that? A couple people willing to be honest. Have you ever felt like that? Like I don't belong here. The truth is I 
didn't belong there. I had given my life to Jesus Christ. I was a born-again believer, and yet I was trying to be half in the world, enjoy the comforts in culture, things that weren't good for me. And God was like, David, you don't belong here. And, and it wasn't one of those things where I was like judging the people around me, you know, like I was better than them. No, this was a conviction for me. God said, you don't belong here. Kind of ruined my night. <laughs> kind of hard to have a good time in that setting when you feel God's conviction. But some of you already know that because you felt the same conviction. It may not be in a bar. It might be behind a computer screen or other things where you've engaged in the world and God's telling you, you don't belong here. You don't belong here. You, you need to make a choice. You need to make a decision. You need to change something. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you to make a different choice. Will you make a different choice? God had convicted me. God continues to convict me. Amen? Sometimes. Everybody say sometimes. Sometimes. We find ourselves in the wrong places. Notice this. David sent Joab and his officers in his place. And it says that, that they destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. David was set up for success. Kingdom success. And he settled for less. Sound familiar? How many times has God set you up to succeed, to grow, to mature, to move forward in your faith? And and we just take a step back and we settle for what we desire, what we want. Don't we? We do. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. God says, I've I've given you all of this and I've set you up to to grow and you're choosing to settle for less. Why would you do that? You're mine. I've given you purpose. I've created you. I've given you life. Why would you settle for less? This is God's heart speaking to us and yet we do it, don't we? Amen? Yes. Oh, it's heartbreaking to the Father. It's heartbreaking This decision of David's would would change history. It would change his destiny, his, his legacy forever. God had a great victory waiting for David. But it wasn't at home. It was out on the battlefield. In Rabbah. With his men. With his men. With his kingdom. But he made a mistake. David made a mistake. And it would cost him. And you can raise your hand on this. I'm just letting you know it's, it's okay. No one will say anything. Have you ever made a mistake that has cost you? Every hand should be raised. Have you ever? See if everybody's doing it. It's alright, isn't it? Feel better about it? Have you ever made a mistake that has cost you in your life? Yes. Yes, settled for self, your own desire, 
your own flesh over God's best. Oh, man. What were we thinking? Amen? What were you thinking? What were we thinking? We've made choices that have cost us. We've made choices that have cost us greatly. We're no different than David. Everybody say, I'm no different. Too weak. I'm no different. I don't mean to shame you this morning. It's the truth. Amen. We can read this text and begin to to judge David, right? Paint him in a certain light. Like you bum. How could you do that, David? What were you thinking? As though he would do something that we would never do. And yet again, many of us, many of us have made grave mistakes. I know I have. I've made many mistakes in my life. I'll make many more. I'll make many more. Why do we judge David so much? We elevate him through all his battles and his victories. And yet it's so easy to just read the text and go, man, you messed up. You messed up. It says one evening David got up from his bed and strolled around on the roof of his palace, enjoying all that God had given him. Think about your life. Apply this to your life. What has God given you? The blessings, the provisions, the care, the love, the support. You're enjoying the life that He has given you. From the roof, He saw a woman bathing, a very beautiful woman. Now, typically, the Bible doesn't describe women in such a way, but Bathsheba was stunning. She was gorgeous. And David desired to be with her. The moment that he laid eyes on her, her beauty. Remember, church, his rooftop overlooked her home, the place where she was bathing. No matter his past victories, his past dedication to obeying God, no matter his heart to please the King of Kings, to please Yahweh, Bathsheba's beauty tempted David. Oh, what a temptation. What a trial for David. Church, think of the things that David had to overcome up until this point. Great battles and trials. Not to mention the times that David passed up on killing Saul, his enemy, over and over and over again. He passed all those tests. But Bathsheba, this woman, would be a problem for David. Here's the thing. The enemy knows our greatest weaknesses. He just does, which is terrifying. Isn't that terrifying? Amen? But the truth He knows our guilty pleasures, and he knew David's as well. David desired to be with Bathsheba. He was drawn to her. Notice it says this, he got up from a nap. How many of you love naps? You guys are so quick. If it's about coffee or naps, you're like, 
anything spiritual. Like, I, I don't know, should I raise my hand here? Come on. We love naps. It's so funny now, I'm sitting on the couch, I just fall asleep sitting there. It's phenomenal. It's called adulting. I always used to look at my parents like, what are they sleeping in the chair for? And now I'm just, you know, dro- drooling a little bit. Amen? We love our naps. Kids are like, you're always tired, Dad. You're always tired. Yeah. Parenting you. <laughs> King David got up from a nap. His men were on the battlefield. David was sleeping. Took a stroll on the rooftop. What is that? What is that? David was taking it easy, wasn't he? Maybe this morning you're saying, you know what? I'm not even in the fight. I'm not even in the fight. I am taking it easy. God's telling me to do things to get back in the fight and go and do what he's called me to do. But I'm just taking it easy. Why? Why? David, and hear me out on this, David was unguarded. Here he had a military. He was the king. He survived all of those years of being attacked, hunted down. And David left his heart unguarded. Not, not protected. The Bible says that we are to be sober. Let me say that again. Be sober and vigilant. That we're to be on guard. Are we? Can you say this morning, you know what, Pastor? I am standing guard. I'm looking out. Being vigilant. I'm sober. I'm being watchful. Can you say that? Can you say that? David wasn't. David wasn't. Everybody say, David wasn't. David say it again, David wasn't. David Got to get it right the first time, church. Amen? Yeah. <clears throat> David wasn't. He let his guard down. Church, when we let our guards down, we put ourselves in situations to fail. Situations to make mistakes, big mistakes. Amen? The Bible says this, David sent someone to inquire about her, and the messenger came back and reported she's married. David, she's taken, man, right? No one even thought that was funny. She's taken. Not yours. Not yours. This is Bathsheba. Daughter of Elam, wife of Uriah the Hittite. In other words, she's off limits. There's some things in your life, friends, that are off limits. Amen? They're off limits. And yet we indulge. We indulge. Not to mention, church, Uriah was one of David's elite soldiers. David went to war with Uriah. They were buddies on the battlefield. Yet David would soon sleep with his wife. I was going through this this morning. You should see my daughter's face. Daddy, what are you preaching? What are you preaching on? Never mind. Never mind, Ryan. 
David would soon sleep with Bathsheba. Boy, what a mistake. Boy, what a mistake. Can I just say this? Sin hurts people. Right? Sin hurts people. And not just yourself. We always think about it from that aspect, don't we? Oh, my choices have hurt me. My mistakes have hurt me. Sin hurts people. They hurt your spouse. They hurt your children. They hurt your friends. Sin hurts people. You see, friends, sin was taking its course within David's life, within David's heart. Sin was unfolding. David took down a nine-foot, nine-inch giant, but the beauty of Bathsheba would defeat him. Ouch! Ouch! I would have rather died on the battlefield facing Goliath than go out like that. Right? Wouldn't you choose that? It would overcome him. Sometimes our sin does that. It just wraps us up. It gets a hold of us. It won't let it go. Won't let us go. David told the messenger, go get her. You think in that moment he would just stop and think, what is this going to do to my reign as king? What is this going to do to my relationship with God? Maybe I shouldn't do this. He already had wives, plenty of them. He didn't need another one. Go get her. Go get her. The Bible says that he slept with her. Oh, boy. Isn't that heartbreaking? He slept with her. Just like that, David fell. Have you fallen? Have you ever fallen in your life? Right? Absolutely. Fallen, but not forsaken. Fallen, but not forsaken. Fallen, but not forsaken. Friends, not too much longer, Bathsheba sent word to the king, I am pregnant. Oh boy. David, I am pregnant with your child. Wow. James 1.15 says, Then after desire... Because it's the desire, right? We're battling the flesh continually. It's the desire. So it says, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, evolved, developed, it gives birth to death. Not God's best. Amen? Not good things. Not great things. Not life. It gives birth to death. As soon as David heard the news, instead of owning his mistake, owning his sin, he tried to cover it up. Have you been there? You're not going to admit to that, are you? David goes into panic mode. He sent Uriah back home to sleep with his wife to cover up his mistake, to cover up his sin. But Uriah didn't fall for it. He didn't feel, get this, he didn't feel it was right to have sex with his wife while his men were out on the battlefield. While they were fighting. I love that about Uriah. 
I find it funny that Uriah showed the integrity, the heart of a king. David did not. David did not. Not only that, once David knew Uriah hadn't slept with her, he he had Joab send Uriah to the front line. Listen to what he said. This is a letter sent. Think of David's situation. I mean, he's done something wrong. He knows it. The woman that he slept with is pregnant. He has to cover it up. Uriah won't do what he's asked him to do. Listen to what it says. Put Uriah at the front of the fiercest fighting. Then withdraw from him. Leave Uriah there. Leave him there. So that he is struck down and dies. What was David thinking? What was David thinking? Where was God's anointed king? The man after God's own heart, where was he? Right? David crossed the line. We've crossed the line, haven't we, in our lives? Not only did he commit adultery, but he killed Uriah and other men along with it. A good man. A God-fearing man. David made many mistakes. Many mistakes. Just, just covering up this one incident, this one mistake. Can you identify with David? I don't care how bad this looks, but I can identify with David. I know you can too. I know you can too. You've been at battle. You've been at war. There's things that have destroyed you. There's things that have eaten at you. Your own mistakes, your own past failures, your own sin. You've made many. We've... Can I say that? You're not going to throw anything at me, right? You still love me, right? We've made many mistakes. Fallen, but not forsaken. Oh, His grace is sufficient. His mercy and forgiveness and His power... His love for us. Maybe you haven't committed adultery or hurt someone before, but you've made other mistakes that you've covered up. You've lied about, you've hidden. It's hard to get over, isn't it? The enemy likes to tell you of all of those things, those immoral things, those failures, just eating away at your soul. You're not good enough. You'll never recover. You'll never come back. You're a nobody. You've failed God. You've fallen short. You've missed it. You've given up. Once the dust settled and Bathsheba grieved over Uriah's death, she loved Uriah. She made a mistake, but she loved her husband David moved Bathsheba into the the palace, and it says this. I want you to hear this part. The Lord considered what David had done to be evil. Can you hear God's heart breaking over David? 
The Lord considered what David had done to be evil. Nathan, the prophet, David's pastor, we're almost done, hold on, approaches him about the situation. And I just want to close with this. Maybe it will help us think twice before being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Making wrong choices. Maybe it will help us stick to our faith routines. Can I encourage you this morning? Stick to your faith routines. Stay close to the cross. Close to Jesus. Maybe we'll realize that we too can fall, but not be forsaken. But repentance. Repentance must happen. We must confess those things and ask God to forgive us and cleanse us and change us and renew us. Stop living in the past. Stop living in your sin. Stop living in your mistakes. God is big enough to forgive you and love you and accept you back. Amen? 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 He's gracious. He's gracious. And He's good to us. He'll be good to you. No matter what you've done. No matter how bad you've messed up. Oh boy, God's best is yet to come. Let me read verses 7 through 14 and we're going to close with this. Nathan delivers this message to David. At this point, David doesn't know. David doesn't know that God is fully aware. Why do we live like that, right? Like God doesn't know what we're doing or what we're a part of. And Nathan delivers this to David. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms, and I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. Hear the heart of a father here. And if that wasn't enough, David, I would have given you even more. Amen? 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 I would have given you even more. Why then have you despised the command of the Lord by doing what I consider evil? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with a sword and took his wife as your own wife. You murdered him with the Ammonite sword. Now therefore the sword will never leave your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own wife. This is what the Lord says, I'm going to bring disaster on you from your own family. Not good, right? Everybody say, not good. good. I will take your wives and give them to another before your very eyes. And he will sleep with them publicly. David, you acted in secret. But I will do this before all of Israel in broad daylight. And David responded to Nathan. I've sinned against the Lord. Picture David's heart. I have sinned against God. I bet David was just 
weeping in that moment. Have you ever been like that before God? A holy and righteous God. I have sinned against God. I have sinned against you, O Lord. Nathan replied to David, The Lord has taken away your sin. Amen? The Lord has taken away your sin. You will not die. You will not die. However, because you treated the Lord with such contempt in this matter, the son born to you will die. Can I just say this in closing? There's always consequences to sin. I can't change that. I wish there weren't. There's always consequences for mistakes we've made. It starts with saying, I've, I've done something wrong against you, oh God. Where you forgive me. He forgives. He's gracious. He takes you back. He loves you. He restores you. We have a faithful God. David's mistakes, although we're bad, won't define him. Our mistakes won't define us. If you let them, they will. But you've got to rise above. Seek the face of Jesus Christ. Seek his mercy and his grace. He'll forgive you. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for your goodness. We, we know that you know our mistakes and our flaws and the things that we've done wrong. We, we can't hide those from you. God, you see all, you know all. But God, as I speak on behalf of our church, will you forgive us? Will you restore us? Will you change us? Lord, I pray that you would empower the broken. Lord, I pray for the sick. Oh God, their battles that they're going through, would you minister to them in their time of need? Lord, I pray for those that are far away from you, God. I pray, God, that you would draw them back closely to your side. Love them, care for them, minister to them. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Would you stand at this time? Hey, thanks for listening to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. We appreciate your support. And speaking of support, there's a lot of different ways you can support Houghton Baptist in addition to the traditional way of giving your tithe or check at church. We have online giving on our website at HoughtonBaptist.org. And we also have text giving. If you're interested in text giving, just dial 906-346-1317 and follow the information from there. Easy peasy. If you're looking for a church or you're just not sure what church is all about, why don't you stop by Houghton Baptist Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Be there. Come as you are. We do. Have a great day.